Um, <laughs> You've oh, forgotten how to do it. It's been so long. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Um, yeah, I don't know how to do podcasts anymore. Uh, so I officially announced my retirement from everything. I'm just gonna sit on a beach, drink a mai tai. Ah, you've earned it. Yeah, Mai Tai's a drink, isn't it? It's not a martial art. That's correct. What am I yeah, thinking I, of? Uh, Muay Thai. Like, Muay Thai, yeah. It's, they sound the same a bit, but not a lot. <laughs> I don't know how to do podcasts anymore, Conrad. <laughs> I've lost the ability to host. <laughs> well, it's been a long run, and, and you've been pretty negatively affected, I think, by some of the things that you've seen. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I am in a position there where I actually can grab someone by the shoulder at one point and say with a haggard voice, I've seen things, <laughs> which like, I've always wanted to do. Yeah. And and now you can. You've earned that right. Yeah. You've, you've seen Dante's Inferno. I've seen Dante's Inferno, um, <laughs> a.k.a. a walkthrough for the video game Dante's Inferno. If you've watched, it's not like the Dead Space animation they did where it's like a prequel to Dead Space. This is D- the Dante's Inferno short film. I say, yeah. No, it's actually full-length film. Um, it's like 80 minutes or something. Yeah, it's a full feature length, but it's, it is... That upset with me a, when I found that out. <laughs> with, with a few early exceptions, uh, it, you know, beat for beat kind of follows the plot. It doesn't have... Uh, doesn't have the time to invest that the game does and that's no. i think uh yeah it kind of rushes through everything in mm-hmm. the game but it does go through everything in the game it's quite remarkable really like yeah. you see these animations especially what ea was doing at the time um they love doing this shit they did it with dragon age they did it with dancers inferno they did it with dead space they probably did it with some of their other things you know, they loved at the time doing this transmedia push. They were big on that during that period of time. You know, let's do novelizations, comic books, film tie-ins. Uh, and all of that stuff in general was like prequel stuff. The Dragon Age novel was a prequel to um, Origins. Uh, so it was like the Origins of Origins, which is W Oranges. Uh, I said Oranges because I was telling my brain, do not say Oranges. <laughs> so I said Oranges. Um but double those, double your citrus fun. And this, weirdly, has a, a tiny bit, as you say, a tiny bit of prequel smattering at the start. Well, and just and just some variants. Like, it changes up some, I, I would think, not necessarily core uh, elements of the story, but at least things that I make the, the story and the characters identifiable in a lot of ways. Um, like, for example... In the beginning of the game, the very first thing you do is you fight death and take his scythe. And that is how Dante winds up with the big scythe weapon that, you know, is sort of central to his visual design. In this, he just gets it. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) You know, he does just have a scythe. Yeah, yeah. So, as you say, there are differences and they have to gloss over certain things that the game can devote more time to. But. Before I watched this film, I was very interested in um, replaying it because I did, I played it when it came out um, yeah. years and years ago. Didn't pick it up since. Was quite disappointed to go on PlayStation Now, uh, which just about works here now uh, mm. since they fixed my fucking business internet. Um, just about I could just about get Silent Hill 2 running on it. Um, but the reason I'm keeping it around, I didn't axe it, is because fucking August... 
August is when fibers coming in this area, and Ooh. I'll be coming in this area once fibers here. Yeah. Um, so very excited Getting about that. Bokeh porn. Indeed, and that'll that'll let me run PlayStation now. If it's running okay-ish now with mm-hmm. Comcast, albeit a very upgraded Comcast um, that I got to pay premium for. Fibre should run it, no problem, so I'm looking forward to that. But, big disappointment, Dante's Inferno, not on there. Get on it, EA. I Um, also wanted to play it, and I'm the sort of person who gets rid of very little stuff in his uh, life. Like, I have a tendency to accumulate, particularly when it comes to my games. I went looking for my copy. I guess I got rid of it in a mood at some point, and... I was kind of because it it actually is a fun game. Ain't a bad game at all. A lot of people I know some people call, accused it of plagiarism of God of War. <laughs> and that's not what plagiarism is. Um, I, in fact, that was maybe the first gym position I ever did. Um, back when they were old and shit and on Destructoid, um, it might have been about people misusing the word plagiarism specifically with regards to games like Dante's Inferno. Um, it's a copy in many regards sure um they copy the formula uh, but they do a decent job i mean it is again if i recall correctly visceral it's got to be visceral you kill yep. monster babies in it and yeah it's of a quality befitting that former studio thank you for killing it EA, by the way it was a really good studio so you know obviously you killed it and i enjoyed it well enough i remember i mean, it must have done a good job because even though I played it years and years and years and years and years ago, a lot of it is still quite vivid in my memory. Mm-hmm. So it must have been good at doing something. I mean, the visual design was was really, really good. Well, I think um, that that's the heart of it. I think that that's really why it's so interesting and compelling is that yeah. they w- made an effort to make those environments as interesting and varied and thematically appropriate as they could. Um and, and yeah, I, I think it's interesting to go through that, see the visual design, see what they've done in Lust with all of the just various sex organy stuff going on. And, uh, and, and, and it was oddly educational. If, you know, you aren't a scholar of Dante, you can get exposed to all of these historical figures that he has referenced throughout his works and get some gr- sort of greater context and understanding. It, like, there's... And, and and it is visually very cool, and the gameplay is solid. The story sucks, and the, you know, it's... I don't know what else you'd have done in transitioning the story of Dante's Inferno to a video game that could be consumed by a mass audience. I, 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 I mean, why you would decide to do that in the first place was something that always kind of baffled me. Yeah. But, but... What they did, I actually think they did a pretty decent job of making a game that uh, differentiated itself. And yes, it's it's kind of hokey and so forth, but it it felt interesting and and I enjoyed it. Yeah. And that the thing is about this movie that I noticed is that it is shockingly faithful to Dante's Inferno as a game. Yeah, but. It, in that familiarity, in that accuracy, the only thing that it takes away is the plot. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> it, it takes away both the plot and the surprise. Because uh, ages ago now, I was 
going to get to a point, but then I got completely off the rails. Um, I was looking to play it again. Yeah. But my desire to play it again has diminished significantly after watching this. Not because of the quality of the movie, but because it takes away so much of the surprise. Like the stuff I would have been re-surprised by. Oh. Um, like, know, the, like Dante's the monsters, plot stuff. And, not, yeah. just, not, not so much the plot, but like the monsters and the levels and everything. Like it was rejogging my memory. Yeah. And I think if this, if I'd watched this before I played the game, I'd have had the same sort of lack of interest once I found out that, oh, those monsters are in the game. That the, the Cerberus boss fight and the big twist of what their vision of Cerberus is, mm-hmm. is ruined. It, it's deflated by, frankly, inferior representations of them in the, the movie. Oh, absolutely. Because it's that, you know, the simplified Western wannabe anime style. Um, unless it, it might actually be a, a like a Japanese studio actually. But, well, now, um, here's here's an interesting fact about it. Um, it's nine. 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 It's nine animation studios. Right. They had they contracted nine animation studios and had them each tackle one section of the film. Okay. Yeah. That's it doesn't the gimmick. Look good. Well, it doesn't look good, and and it's it's a problem at points. Um, there is one of the transitions is particularly harsh, and that's when they're cr- I want to say they're crossing the river Styx, and they're riding on the back of Flegion or whatever the fuck his name is, and like there's and it's they get onto the head of the thing, and it's this big almost hammerhead shark type head. Yeah, that they're standing across. It's got these spikes, and it starts marching across the river, and then it changes scenes, and it changes animation studios. And when it comes back in, it's a totally different style. And the monster that they're riding on the back of looks completely different, completely different. He now has a sort of sloped, rounded head. Right. And, yeah. And and I was confused until they said his name, and I was like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, it's inconsistent, and it's and and no no one um, example of of this movie, no one segmented off portion, looks anywhere near as good as the game in terms no. of not just quality but visual design as well. They're just like they they all all look like knockoff fan art versions, and it just the fact that this follows the beats of the game as closely as it does really does render one or the other fairly pointless. Um, yeah. I mean, I think a lot I'm of... shocks they did it. Like, there's there's a fair bit of joy to be had, I think, in playing the game and reaching the plot twist and the, uh, you know, the the awareness that all of the events actually convales- coalesced into what has happened. Like, yeah. th- and, and it all ties back together. And they do it in the film, mostly. But it's it ruins that one good aspect of the plot yeah. that they kept you guessing a little bit. Yeah, um, I mean, it's so weird. It's weird that they would... Because I, I watched this movie as well many years ago, mm-hmm. um, probably shortly after I played uh, Dante's Inferno. And my memory, like, I remembered it as a prequel. I think I only remembered the prequel-y bit. So rewatching it, I I was stunned that it was so, and, and that I'd forgotten that it was so faithful to the game. I guess faithful isn't even the right word because I don't think it's good faith to 
basically spoil your game in a more digestible movie format that people might buy not realizing that they are buying a game walkthrough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's plot faithful, but it doesn't feel faithful in just about any other respect, visually or, you know, uh, I guess the characters are close for the most part, but that's just because they're not particularly deep either. Yeah, there's not a lot to them at all. Um, Plus Dante's voice is really funny for the character he's playing (laughs) because he's got that sort of rather typical pretty boy face in his design. Yeah. and the voice is so plummy and rich and deep. It doesn't fit the visual design. And it also just doesn't fit the character because that plummy, rich voice, typically you don't have in that sort of victimized, grieving role. Yeah. It sounds off. And it kept making me laugh because his voice was not appropriate for that character and that situation. That's a voice you see more as like the grizzled old veteran or some maybe some villainous character because it's got that resonance to it, that authority to it. But instead, it's all, oh no, oh, I'm having a bad time, and it kept making me laugh. It's it's, God, that film is just Dante's Inferno but bad. Like yep. if you want a bad version of Dante's Inferno, then just watch the film and and don't play the game. And if you and want you get it, and if you want a pale reflection of uh, a movie that you shouldn't watch uh, based on a game that you should be playing instead, I guess keep listening. Yeah, yeah. We, we'll talk about the film for you. Um, and we'll spoil the plot of Dante's Inferno similarly. Uh, but let's get on with it because, like I say, I've got a, a business call in a couple hours. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And normally for a podcast, you shouldn't have to schedule things for a couple hours. But here we are. <laughs> With this fucking shit, let's get on with it. Dante's Inferno. Our story begins with a quote from Canto 1 of Dante's Inferno. I don't remember the quote. I didn't write it down. I don't care. It was probably something like, oh, hell. uh, In a dark forest. Yeah, I I felt myself in a dark forest being followed by a dark presence. It was probably something along those lines. Because that's what he's, he's doing. He's in a dark forest returning home from the Crusades and feeling himself followed by a dark presence. Um, He sees portents all around him and starts racing to his home while fighting a spotted leopard, which is one of his portents. And he remembers asking his beloved Beatrice to marry him three years prior. A little flashback thing. Reaching his family estate, he discovers a lot of dead servants and his dead father with his cross in his eye, which is cool. Uh, He searches for Beatrice, who lay dying outside from a wound in her belly, and as she dies, she tells Dante that a foreigner did this. (sighs) And he asked if he betrayed her during the Crusades. Uh, Dante denies it with a guilty expression. She dies, and her soul leaves her body, appearing as a bright light. So Dante... Or Beatrice tells Dante that she knew he'd be true to her, and she begins ascending to heaven, and then these dark tendrils come out of the earth and envelop her and take the form of the devil, who says he's come to take what's his and flies off. And the Very premise... disappointed he didn't say yoink when he grabbed it. <laughs> That's yoink! Why... The worst part of this film is that the devil never says yoink. <laughs> <clears throat> So Dante pursues the devil, riding through flames as this forest is set ablaze. His horse is felled and then consumed by demons crawling out of the earth. That's fun. 
And as he's fighting these demons, the devil takes Beatrice through the gates of hell, which close behind him, leaving Dante outside. Uh, now, as Dante bangs on the gates of hell, some spectral hands come from the ground and lift him, and so a cross-shaped tapestry to his chest. Uh, now, this is one of those defining character characteristics of Dante from the game. He's got the big red cross on his chest. Yeah, and it's a tapestry that bears the imagery of all of the sins he performed in life. Uh, really cool idea that does not get the depth it's probably due in this. Um, yeah. And now, and I may be misremembering this, but I thought he sewed it on himself in the original one. I could Oof. be wrong about that. That so I can't remember. If someone remembers and feels the, the desire to correct me one way or another, that's fine. Uh, Either way, like like with the scythe, it's very much let's rush him into position. Right. It doesn't do it doesn't do a whole lot to explain the the value of this at any point during the film. I think at one juncture they do a close up of his chest and show one of the scenes and then flash to show it to sort of yeah. carry that across, but that's it. And that's kind of a shame because I thought that was one of the more interesting elements of him design-wise was that he had this thing. Uh Still well, has I mean, it. like, no one remembers anything about Dante's personality, so it was all like, well, he didn't have one. Right. So it's it's all visual with him. Yeah. Um, it's you know, cool, you can describe gimmicky. Kratos's personality. Oh God, yeah. Like he's got that as well as the you know the iconic, not Ubisoft iconic, the iconic design. Whereas Dante was nothing. It was like lightning from Final Fantasy Thirteen. It's all design, no personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's see here. Where oh yeah. After Dante gets this sewn to his chest, he asks why God is doing this to him, and a spirit approaches, telling him that God ain't the one who done done this to him. And Dante recognized the spirit as the poet Virgil, which is why he had that, you know, done done thing. That was, that's a direct quote. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he I mean, he speaks like that throughout the whole The whole thing. movie. He's <laughs> like, Dante, get to getting. Get, get her done, Dante. Get her done. <laughs> He indicates that faith in God... Get her Dante. Get her Dante. He just, doesn't say that because he's not as poetic as I am. Just last night I was on YouTube and I was listening to a uh, a bit from an audiobook of David Cross's where he is addressing uh, Larry the Cable Guy getting pissy about an interview that David Cross had in Rolling Stone where he called his audience kind of simple, basically. <laughs> And it's a delight if you uh, if you get the opportunity to go on YouTube and listen to David Cross uh, lambaste Larry the Cable Guy for being disingenuous about his audience and being a salt-of-the-earth person. <laughs> it's really enjoyable. Highly recommended. Uh, but, yes, similar deal here. Um, so Dante recognizes this spirit as, as the poet Virgil who indicates that faith in God is the way through these closed gates. And so Dante asks for God's help in prayer. And then I guess that gives him the spiritual strength to literally rip these doors open. Because he does. And the devil mocks him a smidge and then the chase is on. Uh, so here we are, the arrival. Dante lands in hell. And Virgil, who's chilling there with him, fills Dante in on a bet that Beatrice made with the devil 
in exchange for ensuring that Dante returned home from the crusade alive. Yeah, and, and can, at this point, can we just say, like, Dante is uh, a morally reprehensible character, as we will find out over the course of the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not a sympathetic protagonist. In fact, such a vile one, it's hard to get behind him at all. Yeah. Um, but why is she making bets with the devil? Yes, who is this woman making a bet with the devil? Isn't that what got you? Didn't you get burned at a stake for that at one point? Like, I mean, maybe at one around point, this time? Like, like, I don't know why God would be considering letting her through the pearly gates because she's literally consorting with demons. <laughs> like, I get it, oh, she wants her husband back safe, but I'm like, people have been condemned for less for fiddling yeah. around with the devil's business. Yeah, she she's not uh, some unspoiled creature here. I don't think. But, no, uh, and it was a fairly selfish request. Yeah, it's like, I want I want mine. Yep. She deserves to be in hell. So does Dante. Yeah, everybody in this deserves to be in hell. Everyone involved with this deserves to be in hell, with the possible exception of the people in the first canto that we're about to meet. Like that's the one. <laughs> it's just like that. Now they those these people <laughs> just get a raw deal. Well, actually, uh, some of the levels as well. Yeah. But then that's my own personal... Like, I don't think you should go to hell for eating one too many pies. No. Uh, but apparently there's a whole circle for that. No, and, but, but uh, everybody in the first circle, really, it's just down to timing. Like, it's just they had shit timing. They either lived before they had the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, or they were babies that didn't get baptized. Yeah, yeah. Hell... This whole system is bullshit. (laughs) Dante has a memory of the night before he left for the crusade, during which uh, he and Beatrice boned down hard. So here we go. They're having sex out of wedlock, too. Last I checked. Yeah. Oh, God. God set this up. Yeah. No, this this it's all like it's claim... all a rigged game. I think that's what we're learning. That's it. Yeah. They claim that God had nothing to do with this, but he's like, they're boning. They're For... boning. She's dancing with the devil and he's to get up to all sorts in the crusades. Naughty boy. Dirty boy. Naughty now. So, yeah, let, let's fuck with them. Free will my ass. Yeah. Uh, Beatrice. Gives him a cross, which is a fairly heirloom. Family- God's like YouTube. It's like you've got free will, but my algorithm's gonna fuck you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Don't. Don't. Don't even. Don't even. You can try as hard as you want to be good and righteous, uh, but the system is designed to set you up to fail. Yeah. The system's gonna bury you in hell. And purgatory is like the. I don't... Oh, God, this whole system's really fucked up. Yeah. Like, Plus, they they missed a trick by having purgatory and not calling the circle of hell where the gluttons go purgatory. Really? I would love to go to purgatory. I would go to purgatory. Yeah, that doesn't... That sounds like heaven to me. Hell, yeah. I mean, unless it's like a place where every burger is just as bland and flavorless, but that's the only thing there is to eat. Because a bad burger does really suck. Like... You can get a charcoal briquette. You see, I think that should have been, like, if you're going to make fat people go to hell, something like that, not have them starve for millennia. Yeah, like, no. starving and, and yeah, like, for Yeah, if you're going to send gluttons to hell, give them kale and nothing else. <laughs> yeah, like, I just think it's, it's really over-egging the pudding to make, make the gluttons starve forever. 
I'm obviously I'm looking out for my own interests here because I'm not going to stop eating pies. So I I I don't want to starve forever. Uh, but no, you're really making a choice. You're off. making a choice between starving and eating this disgusting shit. Exactly. Um, what really got me about that scene, I know I'm skipping ahead, but, you know, most people stop listening to podcasts before it's halfway through, and I really want to make this point. Um, when Dante... Dante makes a very good point when he goes to the glutton circle and he's like, "What's? why was their sin so great that they have to be here? What? What is so bad about what they did, more or less? And the poet, whatever his fucking name is, I've forgotten already, Virgil. right? But Virgil, that's it. Yeah, Virgil. Of course, yeah. I don't know why. I, yeah, of course it's fucking Virgil it's from the fucking books. Um, Virgil basically answers when he's asked, like, why was their sin so great? It was like, oh, they ate a lot of pies and now they'll starve forever. Um, that's not an answer. That's not an answer. You're saying that a whole circle of hell was invented just because the devil loves irony. Irony is not an answer unless you're Tori Amos. With your edgy 90s attitude. It's Tori Amos. Tori Amos came up with these ironic hell punishments. These were all their ideas. Yeah, no, I... I, The glutton thing kind of bugs me too because I think that's something that you're going to punish people for. You know, the, the real sin there is consuming when other people could need it, Right? is to take more than you need. Why are they not having hungry people devour them throughout eternity? Yeah, yeah. And and really, the ones, I think it should have been the ones who were, like, relishing that. Like, you know. Yeah. Kings and despots eating while they're people. Like, people you've got a responsibility for. Right. Um, and, and, you know, values, dissonance and all that over time. Uh, I understand that, but this movie wasn't made and this game wasn't made back then. We could have had where, some where slightly different interpretations, different. yeah. I just feel like they could have done a bit more than just, well, they're in here because the devil loves a joke, basically. I mean, if you're going to take Dante's Inferno, a sort of slow, philosophical uh, lamentation on on humanity's shortcomings into a high-octane, action-filled killing thing, don't stop at the interpretations of the sins. Just keep going. You've already decided that you're going to dramatically change the direction of this thing. Yeah, and and it's not just the gluttons. No. I think, like, the the suicides... I most mean, of them, honestly. I love most the of punishment. them don't deserve what they get. I love the punishment of the suicide forest just as a punishment, but I just uh, suicides, eh? Yeah, and it's just the I guess the the lack of questioning of it. Yeah, by everyone involved. Well, but I mean, at the same time, this was not something that you questioned, right? Because that was a good way to get you killed by a zealot. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, but again, you know, we're, it's a modern look at this stuff. Yeah. And they could have done more to break it down. Um, but the, it, it was like the fact that when they show Dante doing quote-unquote good things by releasing certain people from their punishment, mm-hmm. it was just people he knew and liked. Yeah. It's like yeah. he rescues his mother from the suicide forest while he is surrounded by people suffering the same kick in the nads that they literally don't deserve. Yeah, it's weird that he has the like the potential seemingly to absolve 
anyone he wants and chooses. And I mean, that's a mechanic in the game is that you'll encounter these figures as you go along and you'll get to choose whether to, um, you know, little sister them one way or another. Yeah. And that's fine as a mechanic goes. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, you don't really question it so much as a gameplay mechanic because they're just tools there well, and they're upgrades not, and, and things. And, and they are not necessarily people that Dante knew in life, although some of no. them are. Yeah. Um, but they are people that it's questionable whether or not what they done would deserve a space in hell. Right, yes. Um, the trouble with the movie is, again, because it's such broad strokes, I'm sitting here thinking, none of these people deserve to be in hell, and he's playing favorites. Yeah. And it just makes him even more unlikable as a character. These moments, I'm guessing, to try and show his humanity just make him look all the more inhumane. And I don't think that's what they were going for. Uh, if I felt that was what they were going for, and if they'd have communicated that in a successful way, I wouldn't criticize it. Right. But it's the fact that they offer these these dangles of humanity that makes it worse. The very fact that Dante questions why the gluttons are in hell, the question of whether or not someone who commits suicide for what for any reason deserves to be in hell, the fact this movie brushes up against the questions and then just utterly fails to answer them, just shrugs. It doesn't it even literally bother. shrugs. Yeah. yeah. Just, oh, you know, well, they're, they're starving. Um, I mean, this is why Virgil's in hell. Yeah. Like, this is, <laughs> this is why. Because he's a little prick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Dante asks Virgil to guide him through the Inferno, and Virgil agrees. Uh, this is one of the variants, uh, one of the changes that they made from the movie, uh, to the movie from the game, in that in the game, Virgil's much more selfish, in that he, he's cutting a deal. He wants Beatrice to put in a good word with him, a good word for with God for him to get him out of here. That's his incentive, uh, as opposed to just, you know, wanting to show Dante what's here, guide him through hell and, and, and illustrate for him. Uh, but they board Karin, Charin, Karin. I really should have, like... I've never been able to... I, I've always... Like, even before this, you know, like, because like, it's a figure that comes up a lot in, yeah. uh, in your in, life. In mythology. In culture and, and mythology and, and learning. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I alternate between calling him Charon and Charon. Um, I think it's Charon. I think it's Charon. Yeah. Charon. Yeah, oh, fucking Charon. God not, damn not it, Karen Karen. Karen from accounts. Charon! Uh, Get my fucking invoice in on time, Charon! Charon uh, is, is a living boat. And he's being ridden by a mass of other souls that are boarding him. And Virgil gives sort of a top-level explanation of Hell's structure, which consists of nine circles, with Lucifer chilling at the last one. Literally. Uh, while they're contemplating the sinners surrounding him, he uh, recalls being absolved in, its in advance of his sins, Dante does, uh, during the Crusades by this priest. And when the legitimacy of this absolution is questioned by another crusader who also happens to be Beatrice's baby brother Francesco Dante proclaims a perspective of trusting the church that is wholly inconsistent with critical thinking skills um, I mean that's the setup here for for why he doesn't like question further is that he never questioned it <laughs> it's the whole time so like, yeah okay oh sure sure fine oh you're an authority figure no worries I believe you <laughs> Uh, in hell, 
Karen tells Dante to get the fuck off his back, and Dante refuses. So a bunch of demons come crawling out of the woodwork, and the first of many fightings happens, during which Dante gets himself a sweet scythe for demon killing. You know, now it's not the scythe that death holds because Dante is too much of a badass to die. Yeah. But whatever. It's just scythe. Yeah. Uh, he then plants that scythe in Karen's head and steers him around, thus killing him. Cool. Elsewhere, Beatrice is tormented by the devil with visions of Dante and people being killed in a violent manner. And then the devil attempts to seduce her with promises of untold pleasures found only in hell. Doing a little Hellraiser bit. Yeah, see a little bit of a pinhead shtick going on. Yep. He has such sights to show her. And when Beatrice rejects him, he immolates her for a bit. You know, just a little yeah. fun. I will say some of these, like, these scenes between the devil and Beatrice were effective. In, in the context of, of the rest of this? In terms of what they were trying to communicate, I don't think they communicated it very well because it just looked pants. It yeah. wasn't animated or, or drawn particularly well. But some of his sort of torturing of her was could have been pretty, like, mentally, like, oh, that's that's fucked up. Yeah. Um, but I mean, just the point at which, really. The point at which later he, when he dismembers her. Yeah. And she's like, crawling around with, like, on, on arm stumps that end just after the shoulder, like a Venus de Milo. Mm-hmm. And if, if it wasn't drawn in such a way that it looked fucking comical, yeah. it would have been effective. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's definitely some psychological torment that... I mean, well, the whole, the whole of, of the hell stuff in general, all of this psychological torment stuff, by and large, it's mentioned in passing... It gives you the potential to see how fucked up it could be, but then it has to breeze past it because they have so much they have to cover over the course of this. And they got to cram in all of the hell stuff with all of the new Dante injection that they've added in this whole new Dante story. It's too much to try to accomplish in a 90-minute film. And the, the game does, obviously, a much better job of it because it's intended to be like a, a six-hour experience. Yeah. Um. Basically, games are better than movies at everything. Uh, 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 that hurt. That was a little painful. <laughs> yeah, I didn't feel good saying it. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Virgil gives Dante a bit more of his backstory on their way to the first circle of the Inferno, Limbo, where the virtuous pagans and unbaptized children wind up. Dante finds a fetus and has a vision of Beatrice writing a letter to him revealing that she's four months preggers and not sure how much longer she'll be able to keep it a secret from his father, whom she's living with, and asking that he return so they can be married. She tears up the letter, as she has the first three times she's written it, apparently, and scatters the torn scraps to the wind, which seems like a not very efficient postal system. Like, did she expect the message to get to him this way? Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Later, the child is lost, born premature, and thus wound up in hell. After his... (laughs) I'm not laughing at a baby in hell. I'm just laughing. It's 
It's not proportionate retribution, is it? No. No, it's not. I mean, sure, okay. Yeah, you get to wind up in hell with all of the great thinkers who didn't commit sin other than not being Christians. I mean, some of those guys, I guess, are fun. Yeah, I mean, they seem to be having a good, some good chats. Yeah, they seem to be enjoying themselves. Yeah, I would and fit again, in in I, that crowd, right? Because I am yeah. not a moral philosopher. Uh, I, 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 I would wind up in some other lower circle of hell. I don't know which one it is. I got a lot of sins. But well, that, that's good for you. Some of us know exactly which one we're going to. Oh yeah, well, well, sure, lust, obviously. I'm going to purgatory. <laughs> um. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep up with that. Keep up with purgatory. I mean, it's gonna be at the point where I'm gonna use the green screen to just have a gymquisition set in purgatory. Um, <laughs> okay, I was gonna say something. Oh yes, that's, um, people are gonna get frustrated and be like, "It was in the books, and that was, you know, not a straightforward, or even a, a an applause of what was going on. Yeah. Um, fairly satirical, if I recall. Um, not in a comedy way." but in a sending up certain things, why? I get that. But, again, through a modern lens in a modern presentation of hell, where it's not being questioned at all and is being just taken at face value, that's bad. Right. Because, again, if I recall correctly, it's been a long time. The, the actual Dante's Inferno, the, you know, as written, yeah, it's, doesn't it's... take it all just at face value. No. No, it's it is it, well. It's it's a a philosophical examination of of sin and moral failing in humanity. Yeah. Um, Whereas you know they based a game and you know a movie off it, and due to what this industry is like, not questioning anything at all and yes. not reading any deeper into it other than you know monsters in hell, which is fine. Until you do a feature-length movie where you question it and then just shrug. Yes, yes. And I, the other problem I have with this particular circle of hell um, is that, you know, it's got the thinkers and all of these people and it's not so painful and you'd hang out for all eternity. But, like, you know that old thing, that old chestnut about how all the really cool people that you'd want to spend time with for eternity are going to hell? Yeah. Right? Yeah, that old adage. Yeah. These aren't those people. No, these are some <laughs> sour fucks. Right. These these are the ones who who were chaste and 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 pious and all of that, and just it just didn't work out for them. Yeah. <laughs> They're the boring fucks that you wouldn't want. So it's still hell if you wind up there. <laughs> yes. Uh, after his reverie over this fetus, Dante is attacked by demon babies with blades for arms who were deeply horrifying in their design in the game and here feel kind of bland and dull. Yeah. Um, and again, again, it's something the, the game can get away with better sure. because m enemies... Monsters being unbaptized babies with knife hands works in a game. Yep. Because it's a game and you you need monsters and the values are different compared to, again, a movie where dialogue and characterization are presumably more important 
and thus it, it thrusts the questions forward a lot more to where you again think well why 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 the unbaptized babies that's not fair um that again, the movie just doesn't even try and answer, and the game needs to answer less because you're too busy thinking, "Oh my god, I'm fighting demon baby babies." Monsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, overwhelmed by these demon babies, Dante retreats and is chased into a tower. And here he finds those philosophers who existed before the coming of Christ and could therefore not ascend to heaven. Uh, among them, Dante encounters Saladin, the former sultan that uh, Dante's crusade was fighting against for control of Jerusalem. And at this point, Dante has another flashback in which he remembers his brutal killing of a Muslim warrior in front of a crying child. Uh, getting the impression Dante's maybe not a good dude and maybe belongs here. Virgil and Dante move on to the hall of King Minos, who sits in judgment of the damned, sending them to the appropriate circle of the inferno by tossing them atop a spiked wheel that flings them below. Great visual in the game. Mm -hmm. uh, adequate visual in the film, I guess. I'm fine with it. It looks cool. It did. I mean, it communicated what the game showcased. Right. Because you know, here Dante confronts Aminos, who tells him he has no place here, and they do a little fighting. And uh, Aminos is, is felled by Dante by collapsing atop his spiked wheel, and that grinds him into a pulp, and he's just like this mass of goo that slinks back yeah. out. Um, fitting, appropriate, cool, exactly like it happens in the game. Uh, but I'd seen it in the game, and it was cooler in the game as yes. I remember it. Everything in the game is better than in the movie. Uh, and that uh, takes them to the next circle, Lust, where they find a storm forever flinging lovers out of each other's grasp. And Dante hears Beatrice calling from a tower in the center of the storm, and he runs toward her. And upon entering, he's accosted by some succubi, but he denies them, so they attack with spiked tails protruding from their downstairs kitchens. We've all been there. And... Like, this is the this one's the tragedy, I think, this circle, in that it's just boring. Yeah. And I don't know that, like, I don't think they could have gotten away with a lot of the shit that they did design-wise in the video game, where they really, like, spared nothing. No, they went, yeah. Um, it is vulvas and penises and nipples everywhere. I mean, it's just... It is a, uh, it's, it is exactly how I kind of imagine Mike Pence views hell. <laughs> it's how Mike Pence views sex. Yeah. <laughs> he just sees nothing but, but, yeah, inside out, the JJ's attacking you like tentacles and, uh, yeah, breasts yeah. exposed for our pleasure attached to oh oh you know what that's something i forgot to bring up beatrice has her breasts exposed to our pl she for does, our pleasure very yeah. early and often very early and then throughout we we see a, a beatrice's breasts exposed for our pleasure yes quite yeah and it is quite clearly for our pleasure it wouldn't have been hard to put like a gown on her or something give the no, woman it's, a it's... toga it's like people want to see her, her boobs while the devil's tormenting her. People drew that and loved doing it when they did it, and they looked at me when they drew it, so that proves <laughs> that they enjoyed it. 
<laughs> they loved it. Can't get enough. Uh, yeah. Anyway, once he's so yeah, lust is a disappointment. Lust as is a disappointment. Once he's defeated these uh, demons, Dante uh, encounters Beatrice again and the devil, and the devil reminds him uh, more of more of his sins, and he has another flashback. Uh, and in this memory, Dante receives orders from King Richard to guard 3,000 prisoners that are to be used in negotiation with Saladin for the true cross of Christ. This concept infuriates Dante, who sees no value in the lives of heretics, nor a reason to negotiate with them. And so, uh, as he's walking through the prison, Dante and Francesco, uh, reminder, Francesco's Beatrice's baby brother, they observe a Muslim being beaten by guards, and a woman cries out to them to show some mercy. Dante is not interested in helping out until she offers her body in exchange, which he accepts against the protest of Francesco, who, uh, and, he, and Dante points out, that, hey, you know, I'm already absolved of sin, so this act wouldn't be one. What the heck? I'm going to go get my warmth on. Um, back in hell, with the truth revealed to Beatrice, Dante begs for her forgiveness as the devil carries her deeper into the inferno. And, like, I really feel like this... This could have been more effectively played probably everywhere as an explanation of the difference between sin against God and a sin against your fellow man, right? Because even if he had been absolved of the sin of, of, of this lustful action, it's still a betrayal. And it, it still hurts the other person to be yeah. betrayed regardless of whether or not it's an affront against God. Um, kind of a shame that that doesn't get played up a little bit more, but it, it, it at least is expressed to some extent by her horror at, uh, at what she's learned. Um, when Beatrice, uh, tries to blame the devil for all of this, he points out that he, hey, whoa, I only created the concept of sin. Man has run with this idea. And starts showing her visions of war, past and future. You know, we got to get our Nazis in here somewhere. Uh, and then he claims that Earth is just another form of hell and man are it, uh, its demons. Which, yeah. What if, what if, right, what if humans were the real monsters? What if, gosh. <laughs> Sometimes I think that The Walking Dead refers to the people, not the zombies. Guys, come on. Dante and Virgil, Virgil continue on to the circle of gluttony, uh, and Dante starts acknowledging his sins. They reach Cerberus, and Virgil informs Dante that they'll have to follow the damned being eaten by its three heads, as the circle resides within Cerberus's stomach. What a cool twist. Yeah. That's right a, up in his tum-tum. Yep. Great idea. Um, Cerberus in this not being a three-headed dog... But uh, basically, like three worms with human teeth attached to a lump, a singular and, body yeah. thing. Yeah. In the game, very cool, very detailed, very grotesque. Here, comical. Comical, but it's it is such a, it's a simple enough design, you know, that the sort of smooth tentacly head things are smooth and tentacly. So, eh, I'm giving them a, a little bit of a pass yeah. on it. Um. 
but it is it is they're like they're like Giger heads without the neck or body of a yeah. Giger head. Oh, uh, they look a great cool. idea for a you know. Oh yeah, a, an original take on it. Deciding that Beatrice isn't in. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. Uh, they go into the Cerberus' stomach, and while here, Dante encounters a spirit from his past, a man he knew from his youth, and is now suffering for his gluttony. And the spirit begs Dante to forgive him, and Dante does, using yeah. the cross that Beatrice gave him. While loads of other people who, again, their only sin, liking some pies, um, they, they're, they're still in Cerberus' uh-huh. gunny works, just all, ah, I'm hungry, and does, again... Does not give re- a fuck about them, because he doesn't yeah. know them. And just it- to reiterate, Dante asks why their sin was so bad, and Virgil's response is quite literally... They ate so much in life, and now they will starve for all eternity. And apparently that is a satisfactory answer to Dante's question of, what did they do that was so bad? The answer, well, we've got this great idea for an ironic punishment, don't we? So we're not, the devil's not going to let it go to waste. Uh, so ab- absolving this spirit and sending him to heaven draws the attention of the devil, who's pissed that Dante's letting people out of his prison. You know, it's just the one guy, man. Come on. Get a crip. You still have all of this multitude that he's perfectly happy to ignore, which in itself maybe ought to be a sin. Uh, I think so. I mean, what what was it about the gluttony, the actual sin as presented? Not in this film, of course. It's looking after your own while others are fucking doing without. Yep. Literally what Dante just did. Uh, so the devil raises the memory of Dante's father, showed flashback to have also been a bit of a glutton himself. Mark Hamill, by the way, voicing yes. Dante's dad. Yes. Um, or, as I like to say, the Joker. <laughs> yes, he does do his Joker voice. But, you know, <laughs> it, he's not paid by the original voice. Yeah, I, he's yeah. paid by the line. It's just, it feels... It feels to me like they went to him to hire him to ask him to do the Joker voice. Yeah, and and Mark Hamill said, how much you pay him, mate? Yeah. He gave him a figure and he went, fine. Yeah. Fine. Why would you He make... doesn't remember that he's ever done this. Like, Mark yeah, Hamill. No. And I don't... If I, if I met Mark Hamill and said, do you remember Dante's Inferno, he would say what? Oh, you mean the books? You mean the book? Yeah, I read that. Read that in college. Yeah. <laughs> I would have to spend. I would have to show him the clips to get him to even believe that he was in Dante's Inferno. Yeah, but it's it, it absolutely seems like one of those things that someone involved in the production said, "I want the Joker voice," and Mark yeah. Hamill said, "Sure," because it doesn't feel like it fits. His dad's not, at all. not maniacal; he's just an asshole. But you know, what can you do? Deciding that Beatrice isn't in gluttony, Dante um, feels it's time to leave. And he finds Cerberus' black heart and stabs his way out and falls to the fourth circle. Greed. Here, damned are drowned under piles of coins and ground on gears of pure gold. And it all reminds Dante again of his father. And he has another flashback to a childhood event where his father severely beat his mother over a matter of three missing coins from his purse. Uh, This is an unsettling scene. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. 
Uh, there's some spousal abuse that it doesn't really shy away from showing. And, I mean, it doesn't give me any sympathy for the character of Dante, necessarily, because he clearly learned nothing. Uh, but it, it's kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, it's... It is that. Not necessarily well executed, but... That's the main problem. Yeah. Is, yeah, they they go for this, you know, potentially disturbing content and just do a fucking hash job of it. Yeah. Uh, Virgil then asks what happened to Dante's mom, and the reply is that she died of a fever a year later. But as we will discover, that may not have been the truth. <sighs> oh, fuck. Dante's father then appears to confront Dante, saying that Lucifer offered him a thousand years free of torture and endless gold in exchange for killing Dante. I mean, look. I mean, the gold, he's already getting that. Like, how dumb do you have to be? You're in greed. People are. Yeah. People have limitless gold being rained upon them at all times. That's not really much of a deal. You'd think he'd be sick of gold. Right? That's the point. The point is yeah. that you're to be sick of gold. The point of hell is that you are, yeah, you're, you're <laughs> the things you like are turned against you. Now, the thousand years free of torture. Now, yeah, I mean, now, in compared the to eternity, yes. it's still a shit deal. In the context of eternity, that's that that's that's nothing. That is a All you're getting is the opportunity to feel worse about it. Later, Because yeah. you've had a thousand years without it. In fact, there's a scene with, you know, Lucifer? Lor- with Lucifer tormenting Beatrice where he makes her think that she's been saved and he's going to heaven. And then he just, like, sweeps all the clouds away and it's like, ah, fuck you, you're still here. And that makes it worse. He's, he, this guy's making a rod for his own back and he don't even know. That's, that's that devil. He'll get you. That's how he gets you. Yeah, he's you, a silly boy. Do it to yourself. Uh... Fighting happens until Dante kicks his father into a pool of molten gold and kills him. This is a a fight that drags out a bit, and it's supposed to be, like, the big confrontation, and it's fine. Like, you notice, like, I mean, I normally breeze past fighting happens in general, but um, yeah. this just d- didn't feel particularly impactful. <laughs> Uh, and this is supposed to be, like, one of the big conflicts, so kind of a bummer. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I forget almost all of the fighting in this film. None of it's good. And and Dante's dad looks cool here, with the his cross in his eye and the, like, cudgelly thing on a chain that he's fighting with. Uh, yeah. Kind of a disappointment, like the rest of this. Um, yeah, so after... This Dante has a moment of doubt and questions if Virgil is another trick meant to deceive him into his, into his eventual demise. Uh, which, uh, yeah, wouldn't you have thought of that a long time ago? Wait, oh, critical thinking skills. Forgot. <laughs> Went on a crusade. Uh, and Virgil tells him to search his heart, and he gets over it because, again, critical thinking skills. Elsewhere, Beatrice prays to God for salvation, and God appears. But it's really just the devil fucking with her some more. <laughs> I like this. I mean, he is a world-class troll. Yeah. That, that's that's what he's predominantly known for, is the devil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he does the dismembering thing we talked about a little bit earlier, which is kind of brutal yeah. and badass. Really good idea in concept, delivery, not so great. It's fine. 
it's fine. Like, it I mean, could have, okay. certainly could have been better. I think of the devil taunting sequences in this, this whole little package here is the best one. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it was extra funny to me because I had uh, my friend from college, uh, Leo, uh, we would spend hours, hours, because we were idiot kids with nothing better to do, discussing what we think hell's like. Mm-hmm. And we come up with all sorts of wacky concepts, like uh, the devil's big... Um, uh, Oh, what was it? Well, we, we had skeletons on motorbikes. That was important. And the floor was mush of people that had been in hell for so long that they'd just been trodden down by all the other people, so they're all mush. But they're all still alive, so there's just a moaning mush on the floor. Mm-hmm. And we used to think that was really funny. Um, so we'd just try and top each other with the most ridiculous ideas ever. And then we were on a train station, I remember, laughing way too loud for being out in public at the idea of every so often... Um, everyone in hell suddenly finds out that they're surrounded by clouds um, and, and that they're all in heaven. And then the devil jumps out from behind a cloud, just goes, ah! <laughs> claps his hands, and then they're in hell again. Um, he was just doing it to fuck with them. Yeah. So when I saw it in this film, I had to laugh because I'm like, that's what me and my... When we were 17, we were laughing on a train station at the idea of the devil trolling people with heaven. And then this movie did it and stole my idea. Stole your thunder. Yeah. Stole your thunder clouds. Your god clouds. Yeah, like cloud with an angel <laughs> on it with an arp. Reaching the fifth circle, uh, which is anger, Dante is grabbed at by presumably angry arms reaching out of the ground. And this reminds him of guarding those prisoners back in the crusade, and we get another flashback of them begging for food. Unfortunately, according to Francesco, there's nothing they can do as their granaries have been set fire to and there's barely enough food remaining to feed the Christian soldiers. Um, Dante doesn't even see the point of keeping these people alive in the first place. Like, as you recall, he was kind of deeply opposed to any of this bullshit. And, And Francesco appeals to Dante to, you know, show some mercy because... Uh, Saladin had had done the same to the Christians when he took Jerusalem the year prior. Um, Now, Dante just goes on a bloody but largely implied rampage at this point. Um, And we cut back to hell, and Dante and Virgil are chilling at the River Styx, where he sees damned souls, damned forever by their anger, churning at the surface of the water, which is sort of like black ooze more than water, I think you'd call it. This is another circle I could end up in. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm in CBT for it, though, so I don't know if that lets you off. If you go to anger management, do you get out of this? I think you just have to watch Anger Management, starring Jack Nicholson and Adam Sandler. (laughs) I think that's all you have to do to get out of that. I think if you're watching Adam Sandler, you're already in hell. (laughs) I think there's a new circle now. That is specifically for us two, where we have to, we're having to watch <laughs> Pixels for all eternity. Uh, they hitch a ride on the head of a demon called Phlegius to cross. And on the way, Dante encounters another soul from his past. It's, you know, they're standing on this thing's head, which is a, a humanoid type thing with a hammerhead head on it. Uh, this is the, the the point at which I mentioned being very confused by the visual shifts. Um, 
they're riding on him, and this this dude in the muck below says, "Hey, I know you, Dante." And Dante's like, "Yeah, I know you, and you're an asshole." <laughs> That's it. <laughs> like, at the point of this, I think was to sort of draw in the aspect of the game where he gets to choose whether or not to absolve or condemn these people further. Yeah. Uh, but he doesn't have to do anything to condemn them here. So. No. Whatever. They arrive on the other side of the river at the city of Dis. Uh, Ed Lucifer appears to them and declares his plan to make Beatrice's wife. So Dante orders Flagius forward and they race onto a bridge into the city and the devil, like, fires some form of energy from his hands and that knocks over Phlegius and and Dante then has to like walk again. So that sucks. Lost your ride. Your hoopty's gone. Uh, as they ponder what the devil's endgame is, Virgil suggesting uh, that they're being led to the Ninth Circle, they enter the Tomb of Heretics where people burn in eternal fire. This is the sort of the classic hell. As, as, as it's preached today, the fire brimstone thing. Uh, they encounter another damn Dante recognizes, and the guy is a real dick about Dante's prospects of success, so he just stabs the guy with Beatrice's cross. So th- there we go. There it is. That's him doing something. Yep. Uh, Beatrice and the devil then have another moment of arguing over whether or not Beatrice will ever give in to him and be his wife. The devil wants kids. He wants a family. He wants to settle down. I mean, who doesn't? I want a family, Kevin. (laughs) Outside the seventh circle, Dante encounters the Minotaur. Uh, Virgil enrages the beast with insults and the Minotaur attacks, but it's all part of Virgil's cunning plan. As he instructs Dante when to step aside, and the beast impales itself from something. I don't know. And they move on to the seventh circle, which is violence. Boy, we're really, you know, just like zipping through them here, aren't we? I mean, there's there's not a lot really to... For a film that goes on for fucking ever, there really ain't much going on because it really... It's just a cliff notes of the game. Yeah. So, yeah, they just breeze through everything and there's just a lot of bad animation padding it out. In the seventh circle... Dante sees those who've lost themselves to violence drowning in the blood that they shed in life, which constitutes the river Phlegathon, I think is how that's pronounced. Phlangigals. Virgil calls another creature, Nessus, and asks it to carry them across. And Like, what is up with all of these mobility demons? There's another one coming up after this. Like, how many demons are you going to ride atop or inside of? Say what you will about the devil. Public transport is high on his priority list. He keeps the buses running. He makes the trains go on time. Uh, well, you know, we got all those Nazis. They knew how to do that. Mm. That's, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Nessus is called and asks it to carry them across, which he happily agrees to do. And like a tour guide points out various violent souls along the way. I live, like, right on a carriage route in a historical district of my city of Philadelphia. So I hear these people talking all the time, and it's just like that. It's like, over here we have so-and-so. This is this. It's like, all right, cool. They next arrive in the wood of suicide, 
where those who kill themselves become forever living trees. And hearing, I love this punishment, hate this circle. Uh, hearing voices, Dante wanders in until he bumps up against a tree, breaks a branch, and oh, it's his mom, who didn't actually die of fever, but hanged herself because she could no longer live with Dante's abusive father. Uh, he frees her, his mother's soul, selfish, and moves on. And the next stop is the abominable sands uh, inside of this what, what, what circle is this now still? Violence, yeah. yeah. Violence, violence. Yeah. This is violence against God uh, in the Abominable Sands. And we are taken back to the moment where Francesco and Dante argued over the starving prisoners. And this time we actually get to see Dante slaughtering them. So, you know, get your gore. And after this flashback, damned crusaders emerge from the ground and uh, confront Dante, including Francesco, who reiterates that, hey... Those priests lied to us about the nature of sin and their capacity to absolve it. And Francesco blames Dante for his presence in hell, which... Maybe. That could very well be. Like, uh, that might be right. Uh, though Francesco is the better swordsman, Dante prevails. Uh, probably because he's not using a sword, he's using a scythe. Uh, totally different approaches to combat. Um... You know, as we all know, the scythe is, is really much more of a weapon than a sword. So, yeah. Anyway, he cuts his future brother-in-law's head in half. It's not off in half, like at the nose, uh, which is kind of gross looking. They got some decent art there. Dante. Yeah, that was okay, actually, though. Yeah. From what I recall, yeah. Dante prays for the soul of Francesco, but he's interrupted by the devil, appearing to, to uh, you know, do some more of the mockings. Getting a little tired of the mockings, honestly. It's like, just get to the point. And then Dante and Virgil stand at the point where the three major rivers of hell converge, and yet another weird creature with the head of a woman and the body of a serpent shows up to give them a ride, this time inside its uterus, I think? I think? Hard to say? But it carries them to the Circle of Fraud, which has ten Malabogia Dante must traverse alone. Now... This is where I think, like, the people who were making the video game before they made the game and they were, like, thinking, oh, you know, it might be cool to do a thing based on Inferno. And then they're reading on, they're reading on, they get to the Malboja, and they're like, oh, my God, it's like Dante wrote a video game. Because, like, the Malboja are just, like, ten micro versions of fraud. He's, like, he was realizing, like, oh, man, I'm getting a little esoteric in these concepts. I need to be very specific because I've been very specific everywhere else. So I'm going to break down these 10 different forms of fraud. And then in a video game context, that's great, because then you can do the, you know, like, we're going to represent all of the enemies and bosses, you know, or mini-bosses to you again and force you to fight waves. It's, like, perfect for game design. Um, kind of shitty for the movie based on the yes. game. <laughs> It's true of so much of this film now that you you uh, uh, sorry talk properly now that you mention it, a lot of it suffers from the fact that they just tried to replicate a lot of the game, but it only really works as a game. Yeah, uh, he literally runs through the first three of these Malboja by referencing their names in a five seconds worth of animation of him running, which we're not shown it. It's just 
there's nothing. Um, and along the way, we also get another flashback in which Dante orders the release of the prisoner who was being beaten as compensation for his getting his freak on with that woman. And it's revealed that the prisoner is the woman's husband who curses her for having laid with Dante and promises revenge on everyone he's ever loved. And Dante then realizes that his actions directly led to the death of Beatrice and were shown the Muslim warrior executing the members of his house. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I was trying to communicate with that. After confronting this truth, Dante's faced with the devil and Beatrice, who's now looking a bit wicked. Gotta say. Yeah, she's looking a little bit drunk on the dark side, I think. Dante demands her release, and the devil refuses, calling forth demons to attack. And more fighting happens as Dante makes his way through this horde to where the marriage of Lucifer and Beatrice is being performed. Uh, the ceremony's completed, and Beatrice is suddenly a whole lot hotter because, you know, like, flames start pouring out of her extremities. It wasn't really a commentary on her physical attractiveness. No, she's literally Li hotter. Yeah, yeah, literally hotter. Uh, the devil leaves them uh, to, you know, catch up or whatever. <laughs> Dante, Dante gets attacked by Beatrice. Dante doesn't fight back, though, and he takes a bit of a beating. And Beatrice opens a hole in the ground and shows Dante the night circle reserved for traitors. And we have another flashback in which King Richard arrives to find the dead prisoners and demands to know who's responsible. And in arguably Dante's worst sin in all of this, uh, Francesco speaks up and Dante allows him to do so, uh, allows him to take responsibility for slaughtering these 3,000 prisoners. Mm. Um, so Francesco is carried away to be hanged. Um... Yeah, that's that's dark. Uh, and then Dante. It's at this point that Dante began his journey home. So we're we're now full circle on on everything. Back full circle of hell. Oh, we've gone full canto. Aho! <laughs> uh -huh. Back in the inferno, Dante begs Beatrice for forgiveness, saying that this will absolve her, and shows her the cross that he has carried with him through hell. Recognizing it as the one that she'd given to him, she accepts that it's his love for her that has sustained him through this journey and forgives him. Her soul purified, an angel descends and carries her to heaven, while Virgil says that Dante's final trial still awaits him in the ninth circle. Falling below, Dante lands in a frozen wasteland. And the damned soul calls out to him after, uh, you know, like a long time of him wandering around. And after he wipes iced tears from her eyes, this soul gives him directions to the center of the frozen lake where Lucifer resides. A bit of wandering and noting of notable damned chilling out down here, har har. He finds a cave path that's been blocked by chains, which he proceeds to break. Uh, now, this is interesting because, like, these chains are an element that pop up throughout his travels through hell that allow him to progress further down and in the game that act has been slowly liberating the devil um here they just wait till he gets there and he breaks all the chains at once and then he gets there and the devil's like ha ha i'm free now yeah so you know again just the game but worse right 
Upon reaching the three-headed form of Lucifer, he makes his observations that those chains were attached. This might have been a bad call. They beat chests for a bit, and Dante attacks him, destroying him pretty easily. Like, it's not much of a fight. But it, no. it turns out that this is what the devil had wanted all along, to be freed of that body which was trapped in the lake. Because I guess uh, he, he just needed a respawn. I, I think that's, yeah. Yeah, pretty yeah much. like he was in a glitch. He was sort of locked in a glitch, got caught in the game's environment. And and now, you know, he had to reset. But now he's, he's good. You know, got a new life. And it's all set. Assuming a new form, he expresses his gratitude to Dante for succeeding, where so many others, name-dropping Alexander the Great, Ulysses, and Attila, uh, have failed in releasing him from this prison. And a final fighting happens. With Dante nearly defeated, Lucifer monologues his plan to escape into purgatory and eventually to return to heaven, where he intends to take shit over. Realizing that the only being capable of defeating Lucifer is God, Dante prays for salvation and is rewarded. The light of God penetrates into hell and freezes the devil once more. Dante then leaps into the portal of purgatory and emerges to discover Beatrice, who tells him it's time to forgive himself. He tears the tapestry from his chest, throws it to the ground, and moves to follow her. Uh, the, tap the tapestry then transforms into a serpent, which slithers away as the devil can then be heard laughing at you, the viewer, for having wasted 90 <laughs> fucking minutes on this exercise. Yeah, like, I'd ask you if you liked Dante's Inferno or not, but... Uh... It's... F it was a bad choice. It's just a lot of bad yeah. choices on the part of the production staff. Uh, it's a bad idea... Uh, clearly just contrived to fulfill this whole transmedia push that I mentioned at the, the top of the show. Yeah. And it's... Ill-conceived. It is a self-contained story, so there's not really a, a need to make media that expands it, which is no, what yeah. this stuff typically does well, so instead they just decided to remake it. That was a bad call. Like the multiple. And here's the thing. It didn't even work all that well for Dead Space, no. which does have a universe that can expand. Um, you know, the comics weren't all that, and the movies weren't all that. Like, t whatever made them think it would work for this is, I mean, it's balmy. No, it, it doesn't It doesn't make sense uh, for them to have done this. Uh, the gimmick of having them multiple arts, artists was a bad call. Uh, mm -hmm. No, it, it's on the whole. It's just a series of bad decisions produced a rather mediocre thing. Um, it is... All the worst parts of Dante's Inferno, really, uh, in 90 minutes. Cool, yeah. I guess, if yeah. you want that. Um, it's a waste of time. Yeah. It's a complete waste of time. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry for the listeners because we're wasting their time right now. It's true. Talking about it. Because everything to do with this is a waste of time. Um, I can only recommend like trying to track down the game. Um, and I really would like to see it on PlayStation now. I'd, yeah. I'd give it a go. Um, yeah, I almost tracked down. A, having watched the film. I almost tracked down a copy on Amazon this past week just because I want to sort of check out all of those. I mean, I guess I could watch a Let's Play. I'm sure there is one somewhere. Oh yeah, there's probably loads. Yeah. So what are we there's doing next time, Jim? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Alone in the Dark Two. Oh God, what have we done? A special circle of hell, all its own. Uh, that's no Not even directed by Uwe Boll this time. Uwe Boll's runoff. <laughs> That's what we're watching. We're watching his, like, his table scraps. 
So, yes, two weeks from now, theoretically, um, if things don't keep getting in the way like they have been, uh, we'll be back with another Movie Doctors. I don't know why I called it that. Spin-off Doctors slash Movie Boys. Whatever. Call it whatever you want. Um, Yeah, Alone in the Dark 2. Starring fuck knows and directed by I don't care. (laughs) It might be good. It might be. I doubt it. It might be. Yeah, yeah, it might be brilliant. Um, okay. Uh, I've got, got to shoot off now. Yep. Got to do things. So we will leave you with that. If you want to follow Conrad on Twitter, and you should, Conrad Zimmerman, at Conrad Zimmerman, all one word. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>